Hello, Acapella Radio. Welcome to another exciting episode of Talk Acapella. It's a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music, along with the people who are working to shape it. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Alexander. Joining me as always is... Alicia Edwards. Alicia, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, it's you know been a, been a good week so far and, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, so I got no complaints here. I, I'm just, I, I mean, I do have a little bit of a complaint. I, I finished yeah. watching some or caught caught up on some tv series that i've been watching and i'm like really sad that they're over so i mean this one's a little bit i mean it's it's like a like more of a sitcom i watched new girl on netflix so good (laughs) so good no spoilers i cried it's it's fine i think i've seen like all of one episode of that i cried on the very last episode it's so good that good Really? So okay. good. No, like, cried like, it's over. But it was, like, very sentimental. I was going to ask, is this just, like, a tear shed or, like, one of those ugly Yeah, it was, like, a tear shed. Okay. And it was, like, for a moment on the show. And then the moment was over. And then and then the, the finale ended. But it was it was really good. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm all caught up now on season two of Mandalorian. So Nice. That's, that's a great a show. I'm catching up one episode away from being all caught up. So that's Well, I awesome. won't I won't spoil that for you like I did with Game of Thrones. Yeah, please don't. No one likes that person. You know, don't be that person, Leisha. We're going to throw that out there. Don't be that person again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Nice correction. Yeah, exactly. Well, awesome. I'm glad to hear all that's going well. So I am super stoked for today's guests we have some amazing people joining us which we're going to talk about some really cool things which i think are so applicable to uh, the acapella community right now and people in music just in general could really take some advice from these people and just some suggestions so well, i feel really... like entertainment yeah entertainment yeah whether you're or, in music or the arts or and, and maybe even broader than that not even just entertainment like professional yeah, like anyone that wants to do anything, this is the episode because this is going to be great. So joining us, we have two members of the Cutoff Studios team. We have Elena Giordano and Alana Mayen joining us. How are you all doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having us I'm on. I'm good. How are you? So excited to be here. Yeah, we are awesome. And we are so happy that you two could join us today and make the time for us in your busy life. So, you know, like I said, we are, we are super excited. I can't say that enough. Us too. So thank you. And we didn't, we didn't specifically Woo-hoo. save the two of you for an episode <laughs> together, like, because of your names. <laughs> <laughs> although although i think it is it's just kind of funny it is they, it's funny yeah it's a little confusing yeah. too but it, it's, it's funny, funny. Because it's oh know, we do we do awesome. <laughs> so, so for our listeners out there can you share with us how you two came to be members of the cutoff sure i can start so cutoff studios actually came up on my instagram feed and i saw that they had open internship spots and i had applied for an internship And then Matt had reached out to me and said, hey, would you want to do an interview? And in my interview, they told me, we're not really accepting internship applications anymore, but would you like to be a member of the team? And so that's kind of how my journey with Cutoff started, but I've been loving it ever since. That's awesome. So you you kind of just like Aww. trying to figure out. This. So you you got an in by by like yeah the yeah the Instagram DMs are really those are a place for networking. Let me tell you. <laughs> I love the reoccurring theme that just like oh, Matt with like DMs. DMs. It's just like you can't say that's DM true. without saying Matt. That just works. Well, it's completely true because I mean that's what <laughs> happened for me on Facebook. One day I just got a friend request from Matthew Zager and then he, you know, sent my messenger DMs and behold, here I am. <laughs> for our listeners who who haven't heard our previous episodes with members of Cutoff Studios, can one or both of you tell us just briefly what Cutoff Studios does and what kind of events you guys put on. So Cutoff Studios is an acapella recording studio. We record and mix and master acapella music for people who want to release their music in their group. We also host educational events full of master classes and showcases and networking events. And we also run an internship program for anybody who wants to get involved. So there's a lot of different things that we do in Cutoff. Both Alana and I are in the events department. Our main event that we do is called our Lens events. And Lens is 
It stands for Learn, Envision, Network, Sing. So our cutoff team will travel to a university and there will be a host group and we'll show up and there'll be different groups there and we'll teach different master classes for things that they want to learn and we'll have networking events and awesome. tons of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Thank you for just kind of giving our listeners a little bit more detail about that. So also with that, <laughs> can you share with us what are you, you all specific roles at Cutoff? I, I know that we know that, but I want our listeners to know that. Well, well, I am the director of event programming. And I'm the director awesome. of event logistics. So lots of cool things happening with events right now during the pandemic. There's a lot of transitioning, a lot of changes and things like that. So what would you say in terms of when you're looking at events and you're doing events with cutoffs, you know, what are the biggest things like groups just kind of need to be considering as they're making adjustments given the pandemic? Because normally we're used to live events. We're used to, you know, catering to people being in front of us. What kind of changes or maybe planning in terms of planning? What have you all been discussing in terms of how do you like the whole events with cutoff to work, given that we're in the in this virtual format in this pandemic right now? In terms of us planning, honestly, not much had changed because we all operate virtually. So whenever our members would have meetings, it would always be via Zoom or Google Meet. So our own planning never really changed because, I mean, a lot of it is so virtual. I've actually never met anybody from Cutoff in person yet because I got in right before COVID. So our own planning logistics never really changed, although we in the past had been planning in-person events and then we after COVID had started planning virtual events so that was definitely a transition for us to figure out how we could apply all of the magic of our educational events into a virtual setting and still have it be magical and informative and fun for all of the students but so, so I, I'm I curious, really know how the, we figured it out like, what's the <laughs> biggest adjustment that you feel like you had to make I, and, and I mean I'm asking you specifically Elena, because you, I, I imagine you were probably planning for these live events and then a couple months in, oh, surprise, there's a pandemic. I'm just curious as to what, yeah, what I think- changes had, I mean, not, not necessarily what changes had to be made because obviously it's, it's taking it virtual, but, but how you tackled making those changes. Yeah, a lot of my position as the director of event logistics is being in touch with the students and the groups who are going to be a part of our events and help figure out where it was going to be held and what rooms at which university, parking, hotel, fare, if we were going to be traveling and had to stay over. So a lot of my job responsibility kind of just disappeared because a lot of what I would do would have to do with where the event was taking place and those in-person details. So a lot of my job description had changed just because a lot of what I would do isn't really needed for a virtual event. So I, what did I do? (laughs) I kind of just helped out where it was needed and helped formulate emails that would go to the different students and make sure that they had the links that they needed. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a lot of being elastic and being ready to accept that change. The biggest adjustment would probably be just not having the job responsibilities that I thought I was going to have in the first place. But we're a pretty spontaneous team if it needs to be like that. So it really wasn't too That's much good. of a struggle. And, and I mean, here sense. you are almost a year later and you're still with the team. So it's it's clear that it didn't make you feel like you needed to leave. So I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone at Cutoff Studios appreciates that you stuck it out, which I'm, yeah. Oh, it doesn't even feel like oh, a year. No. This year just went by so fast. That made well, me sentimental. I mean, it oh my it gosh, feels like it went by fast because we're in December. But in the thick of it, I feel like there are certain months so that last <laughs> I was going to say, but outside of December, this was like the longest <laughs> Very year true. ever for some reason. I don't know. D- yeah, that just it, it lasted like 700 days. Right. So I'm glad that we were able to kind of get a little b- a bit of a breakdown from you, Elena, on exactly how your, your roles and your functions kind of play out. Uh, Alana, I'm curious, in terms of event programming, what does that look like on a day-to-day um, basis Well, I usually work with in the studio so like within our own team to determine which classes we'll be able to teach and help set up who is going to teach each of those classes so that didn't really change that much i imagine although i haven't participated in a live event or an in-person event 
But yeah, so it didn't really it didn't really affect us that much in that sense. So when you're when I guess when a group signs up to work with Cutoff and you know they're planning an event, what are those conversations like like right now? Because I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are just like, man, this is the first time we've ever done anything, and you add on to that that man, we have to adhere to social distance guidelines. We have to make sure we're considering, you know, what are we going to do differently to engage people? What's the I guess the energy like when you're discussing with these groups on putting on event do they seem confident that everything's going to just work out well and this is going to go off without a hitch are they a bit nervous i don't know if they had a lot of expectation a lot of the students that we recently worked with for our virtual event have been to in-person events before and so they kind of know what goes on in an in-person event so we just tried to make it as similar as we could as possible i think they were really open-minded and you know, it's something to do for a lot of the acapella students. You know, a lot of groups aren't even allowed to rehearse in person. So having that opportunity to do something that's acapella related and can help you connect with different people in the community is definitely an opportunity that I think a lot of our students want to grab onto. Right. I'm, I'm curious as to how attendance differed between your in-person events previously and, and your virtual events in the middle of the pandemic. Well, I mean, both Alana and I have never been to an in-person event. So we kind of joined right at that time where, I mean, in the past, in the very beginning of 2020, Mm -hmm. we were trying to plan an in-person event and we were trying to work around COVID guidelines with social distancing and making sure that we didn't have too many people in a room. All of those guidelines kind of fell through. So I don't really know to be sure. In the past, before the pandemic, I don't think we ever had a limit of how many people could be allowed but we just want to be mindful of having a really large group all in one room knowing that that probably wasn't the smartest (laughs) and safest and and with the with the switch to virtual i mean out of necessity really i'm curious as to whether or not that switch in technology or the format of the event requires you to maybe limit the number of people whether it's minimum or maximum having that virtual format actually allowed us to be more flexible with how many people we had involved, just because the way that we hosted it okay. was through Zoom, okay. and we had different okay. breakout rooms for different classes. So we were lucky it was to 150, have I want, at least a hundred people yeah. at our. Wow. And we were also able to. That's insane. Yeah, we were also able awesome. to have people from all so over the country really cool. at one lens event, which was really awesome. Okay. We also had people in Canada as well who hadn't been able to attend a lens event before. So it was really cool to get oh, wow. people from all across the country into a virtual acapella event. And just to see that networking going on between groups from halfway across the country, it was pretty cool. Very cool. That's awesome. For sure. Without that virtual platform, I'm not sure if, you know, some of those people in those groups would have ever met in person or virtually before would have ever even been friends. So it was really cool to see people making connections that they normally wouldn't have ever made. Yeah, I think that's been a really cool thing of this, the whole pandemic. Unfortunately, there's not a lot to take joy from at the end of the day. But I think the fact that when you're talking about virtual events and especially acapella and stuff, just uniting people from everywhere, especially internationally, I think that's really cool. Um, Well, and I think it makes well. I I don't think I know it makes it a lot easier to collaborate with individuals that are thousands of miles away like Brian and me (laughs) right so I'm curious with everything going on have you all personally been able to connect with more people you know geographically in acapella community not even just in your job roles but just maybe even outside projects have you been able to connect with others that you normally wouldn't have the chance to I would say most of my acapella stuff comes from cutoff so I mean, through cutoff, yes, but outside of that, I haven't really been in touch with acapella outside of that, yeah. I think one of the really awesome things about cutoff is, at least for us, we graduated college and for so much of your college career, your life is built around acapella and that's something that keeps you going and gives you so much motivation. So being in cutoff has been amazing for me and I know for so many other people because you still get to feel like you are a part of the acapella community (laughs) and it's a little less (laughs) sad. You know, it's not like once you graduate college, your acapella 
career is over. It's really cool to see that you can still play a part yeah. and help other people in college have a really good experience. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, I, I have so many friends that, and there's nothing wrong with it. It was just like there was such a high that you got from being in a collegiate group. And then afterwards, it's just like, <laughs> man, there's nothing that can kind of compare to this. So, Well, and I mean, when I graduated, my only year of collegiate acapella was my final year of graduate school. So I had the one year as a second year grad student and I couldn't do it again because the group had become like an official part of my university and losing that was really depressing for me. And so that was really rough. So I'm curious because we, I feel like we get a different answer every time we have a different guest on and it's just really <laughs> dependent on, you know, what goes on in people's lives. But, and I, I feel like I have a sense to a degree, but and outside of cutoff, do you all do a lot musically? Or I guess maybe based off what I heard from Alana, there's not a lot of acapella going on, you know, so is acapella for the both of you limited to cutoff? Or is there other music endeavors going on outside? Well, of I work in a recording studio right now. So I'm seeing a lot of other people put out music, which is also super fulfilling. Sometimes if I'm in the studio, I'll get asked like, hey, can you jump on this part? Because we need an extra voice in there. But that's pretty much the extent of my music right now. Hey, that's a pretty big thing. I wish I, I mean, I think that's cool. Part of the studio. That's- well, go find I'm a studio jealous. near you. <laughs> I'll be on the lookout. I used to work at iHeartRadio, so I was constantly around music people and meeting a lot of really cool artists who would come into our station. After my job at iHeart had been limited from the pandemic, it's been a little bit different, but I also try to write my own music and I want to pursue my own music career at some point when (laughs) when I'm ready. So I try to do my own music oh, stuff for fun. sure. Just so, for my for my own curiosity, who was the like who was the biggest artist you met? Oh my gosh, I can probably name a few. The most <laughs> known person okay, was probably okay. Charlie Puth. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I also met Madison Beer. I met Zara Larson. I met Brantley Gilbert. I, I only know Charlie Puth. <laughs> um, Oh. <laughs> you probably recognize a few songs. So, that is very cool. Yeah. So now I have another follow-up question just because I know that that uh, you all have kind of been involved in music outside of Cutoff. So when you bring up like acapella to other people, maybe even around these circles, if you even bring it up, I know sometimes just like we don't talk about that stuff. <laughs> Um, oh but if, but if you have ever brought it up or people find out that you did it, you know what what have been their like perceptions on it and their have they ever said anything to you about it? Oh, I remember that from Pitch Perfect. I feel like that's the line. <laughs> it's usually a facial right. expression instead of any words. If you can imagine just like a raised <laughs> eyebrow and like kind of turning to the side, maybe a slight scowl. Oh, it yeah. kind of looks like that. Yeah, and it's exactly like oh, I didn't mean. think that you were one of those. <laughs> kind of looks yeah i've gotten a couple of those it kind of hurts a little bit inside but you you just get used to it usually it's like yeah i guess i am one of those yeah and you embrace it i feel like you just die a little inside when you hear somebody say i know it's like like, wow okay my reaction has always been like oh so can you beatbox (laughs) i'm like i can try very badly I feel like the only mainstream media of acapella for people who aren't Mm -hmm. in the community is Pitch Perfect. So I feel like a lot of people have kind of corny assumptions about the community. And, you know, not a lot of people realize that Pitch Perfect is actually based off of a real competition. And there are really, really talented groups. And sometimes you even forget that there aren't any instruments in these groups. I used to be a production assistant for the Northeast part of the ICCA. So when I would explain that to my friends, they would kind of think very Pitch Perfect-esque. And then I would show them videos of, you know, the North nor'easters and upper structure and SoCal vocals and they would realize how a lot of groups take but there's it so also a lot of other preconceived notions about Pitch Perfect form. like how a group can just walk into a room and you can request a song and they will just break out into song I don't know how many times my group has yeah. been asked oh can you right? guys sing this song it's like uh, the ad libbing it's not exactly like Pitch Perfect <laughs> no. in the scene where everyone just picks a song based on one word yeah we can't do that right now yeah yeah 
okay. <laughs> and you all right. come up with a I'm like, yeah, we can do that if you have the, the sheet music uh-huh. ready In the to same go, key. You know? right. But it would be sight right. red, so. Yeah. It wouldn't be perfect, but it'd be yeah. something. I am so with you on that. Well, and, and I'm like, kind of like when people say, oh, you mean like pitch perfect? No, yeah. I mean like pentatonic. Because yeah, I feel I like that's a little true. more like, not. I don't want to say respected because it's not that they, like people don't respect what's done in pitch perfect. It's, I feel like it kind of helps people understand that acapella is a bigger scale, is on a bigger scale than they realize. Yeah, and the and then like the the skills gap even within that, I'm like it can still be pretty wide and like ranging oh, because yeah. I feel like one of the big things that people in the acapella community can do, a lot of them can do harmonizing, but not everyone is like super like great at it at the end of the day. Right. And so you know that that in itself can be a challenge. And it's just like no, you just can't <laughs> walk up and just do this stuff. Some of the stuff just like yeah. it's not as easy as that. Well, this has just been fascinating conversation. It's been great to get to know you both, and we will continue to do that and chat more about these virtual events that you put on and executing that but it is time for us to take a commercial break but don't go anywhere because we will be right back with elena and alana from cutoff studios right here on Tacapella. want to learn from the best you should check out acapella Masterclass, where professionals at the top of their field show you how they became the best and how you can too Learn from award-winning experts like Kristen Dennehy, Lisa Forgish, Trinfris Roundsfeld, Aaron Jensen, Blake Lewis, and more. We discuss topics like arranging, barbershop, beatboxing, composition, looping, social change, and things of the like. Go to acapellamasterclass.com to learn all the details. Acaville. Helping you be the best acapella musician you can be. Welcome back to Talk Acapella. That was great. That was awesome. (laughs) Thanks for tuning back into the show. We have been speaking with Elena Giordano and Alana Mahan of Cutoff Studios. Alana is the director of programming and Elena is the director of event logistics. And like I said, we have just been learning so much about the things that they do at Cutoff. I want to talk because I feel like this is so important with 2020. It has been such a whirlwind of a year that has affected people in so many different ways and one of the big things that we've seen and at least in the acapella community is that there have been so many events canceled there's been so many just momentous occasions that have had to been changed and i know personally that alana just graduated in 2020 this year earlier in may and i know that with so many other graduating students that maybe events were cut short, perhaps uh, an ICCA opportunity was missed, a final concert didn't happen, or just, you know, a missed opportunity to bond with friends. And I'm curious for you, Alana, personally, what type of impact did the pandemic have on your remaining time? During yeah, well, I can say it was, it definitely was pretty tough to have your last semester online, but I definitely feel for all the students that are still in college right now, the best years of your life being online has got to be a tough one. But for me personally, so school ended in March and we thought it was just going to be the two weeks. So we had full plans of coming back, doing our show, graduating, walking across the stage. Everything was still going to happen. Like this was all written in stone because that just had to happen, right? But then obviously when it didn't, my school had said, okay, like we're going to plan to have an in-person graduation just maybe later in the year. So they had pushed for November and November came and went. And so now I think they're just going to say, okay, you know what? It's a virtual event now. We're sorry. Just it didn't end up working out. I think same thing for any kind of like senior show or anything like that, which is fine because everyone's had to be flexible and it's not just about us and we completely get it. It's like, this is a much bigger deal than just these are the best years of my life or anything like that. Like, this is a really serious thing. So although it's been hard for us, we've all been super understanding of, you know, what's going on, trying to be respectful of just everything that's going on, really. But yeah, definitely. It's definitely been tough for anyone in the performing arts industry. Right, right. And yeah, and I know that so many people agree that, you know, they're very appreciative that you all are, you know, made the sacrifice and adhering to the different guidelines. But at the same time, I know that that for so many people, at least in my experience, that final concert would have been like <laughs> the moment for them. And just because, you know, you get the chance to kind of yeah. be featured a little bit and, you know, it, it's just that one last hurrah, which I, I get it. But I'm, I'm curious, what would you say is the most challenging aspect of graduating during the pandemic? Not getting to say the final goodbyes to people that you may not be able to see again. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of those, like, I don't know how to say this without being, you know, those 
intermediate friends where you really like hanging out with them or something, but you're just not like close enough where it's like, okay, I could just hang out with them anytime. Just not getting to say goodbye to those (laughs) people because like your closest friends, you're always going to have them. And just say goodbye to the teachers that have made such a big impact on you. It's not the same in an email, just comes across kind of a little bit corny. But yeah, not getting to have that last moment of like, just to put in a capstone on your whole college experience. That's, that was it. Like in a way, I've talked to a couple of my friends and we've all kind of said, it doesn't really feel like it's over yet because we didn't have the ending. So I think a lot of us are still holding on to, okay, like my college thing isn't over yet because it didn't close the chapter. Sounds like to me, (laughs) you need your university in 2021 to like rehold all the events that they were supposed to do. I think a lot of us would appreciate that, but we also know that a lot of us may have like started hopefully a job maybe sometime in the near future. Wouldn't that be great? Transition to the um, adult world. And maybe be moving in a place where college isn't really commutable anymore. But yeah, just something to have Mm. like a little end and just to say goodbye would be, would just be special. Yeah. I think that way your closure. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the cool kind of things I've been seeing, at least from some groups, are just specifically talking about acapella stuff, is that just the whole idea of alumni networks and just really connecting to with former members have just really seen an uptick. And I think if there was like any hope for anything is that groups are really buying into the process of, hey, we really need to connect with people that used to be a part of the groups or that just left. And it's not just a group of current members at the end of the day. So I think that's something that maybe we can take a little, at least a little something away from. And and on the same thought, I'm curious for you, Elena, when you think of like all the acapella events or activities, is there anything you feel that you possibly missed out on or missed experiencing as a result of the pandemic? Well, I'm done with my acapella community as a member of a group, but there are so many experiences that I really want to have as a member of Cutoff. For example, (laughs) meeting everybody in Cutoff. I haven't been able to give anybody ever a hug. I always joke with our CEO, Matt, and say that sometimes I forget he's a real person because I've never met him before. And I always say it's going to be crazy when I meet him in real life because like he's going to like be in front of me. So I think... I think having that connection with the people in Cutoff would be something that is just so special. And also being at an in-person lens event is something that I really want to do. I know Alana really wants to be at an event in person too. That would also kind of help us out with knowing how to plan those events in the future, having that experience of being at one and knowing what it takes. So that's kind of been tough, but it's okay. You know, we got to roll with the punches in 2020 and know that it's not the end all be all. You know? I'm curious, what do you what do you find to be the biggest challenge that you have faced when executing a virtual acapella event? And maybe it's something you've already said. I think part of it that was challenging was figuring out what kinds of activities the students would want to do in a way where it was doable in a virtual setting. I know at our in-person lens events, mm-hmm. we do a lot of singing together, but right. with the lag of the internet, that isn't possible to have everybody sing together virtually. So that was something that we couldn't really put into our virtual events. So it was a little bit of a struggle at first trying to figure out how we could make a lens event still feel like a lens event, even though it was online. But we ended up figuring out some really fun different ways for people to network and play acapella themed games and watch what we call an acapella set so we still found ways for it to be really fun it was just different than a normal in-person lens event what about you alana do do you find anything else in addition to that Um, challenging i i honestly like i didn't really think anything was that challenging just because i hadn't had experience doing it any other way but yeah i think just Mm -hmm. coming up well actually maybe i could say this for the cutoff members who had been to in-person events it was I understand that it was challenging for them to reformat their classes into a virtual format. For example, the production department usually does some in-person kind of production tips, which are difficult to do via Zoom. They ended up pulling it off perfectly, but just reformatting it 
was one of the most challenging parts. Yeah, I could see that being a, a pretty big deal just to kind of manage, you know, just being there. And normally you're in a studio, you get to see everything just adjusted and maybe even hear everything. And, you know, that's got to be challenging to do online unless you're like maybe sending out tracks ahead of time. But even then, you don't get the real live in-person element of that. So I see that. Also, I think for all of the staff it cut off, lens events are so special because it's the only occasion that a lot of our team gets together since we're scattered all over America and Canada. So a lot of people who have been to lens events before absolutely adore the whole event because you get to have that in-person connection with your team. So it was really different for people who had been to in-person events and, you know, not get to see your friends in person like you had in the past. But for us who had never been at a lens event in person, it was was our only experience with lens Mm -hmm. and we both really had a fun time. And I know that we all made a lot of fun out of it. So how much of the team is in Canada or is there just like one person in Canada? Yeah. I always forget how close. (laughs) This is the Texan coming out of me. I have to apologize. Yeah, that's that's what that is. I'm terrible at geography if I'm being completely Me. honest. I'm like terrible. Well, at we it. share a border. I, well, I know that much. I didn't sleep through like geography class. No. North America. If you ask me, you know, what state is next to this? I'm like, uh, it might take me a second to think about that. Just, just Judging bear with me. So hard right now. I, I can feel it. It's just like yeah. oozing out of you right now, Alicia. Yep, yep. For groups that would like to put on a virtual event, but they're not sure how to pull it off while adhering to like their city's guidelines or their university's social distancing requirements. What tips can you offer that could help them be more successful with executing that? I know this sounds simple, but just being open-minded and being flexible is definitely what made our virtual lens event what it became. I don't want to say we didn't have any expectations, but we tried to be open-minded because we knew that it's such a tough time for students and that no matter what we incorporated, it wasn't going to be exactly the same as an in-person event. But that... We still had a lot of confidence and we tried to use our creativity to make it as much as we could. I would say, I think what kind of helped us is making a list of the things that we thought the students would want to get out of the event and just having that kind of sketched out and helps you come up with a plan for what to well, incorporate like that, into the event. Like that could also Putting like yourself... help you keep your goals in mind as you're planning yeah. everything. Yeah. One of the other things I think is just for running sure. through the event, the pieces of the event that you have and seeing if it works virtually. That was some things that we didn't, we thought like, okay, maybe this will work. And then when we tried it out, maybe it wasn't the best option. So then we modify it and come up with a better option. So just practicing and going through the, you know, pieces of your event that you want to do and just making sure that it really does work virtually, like especially for networking events. We definitely did benefit from having kind of like dress rehearsals, I guess you could say. We were figuring out how on Zoom to break off into different classes. So we were trying to figure out who would coordinate the breakout rooms, how people would get there. So having our own time to kind of do a mock lens event and just see how those logistics would help or like how they would work helped us know how it would come into fruition during the actual event. Is there any software or equipment that you think a group would need to use? Like I'm I'm thinking outside of Zoom or video conferencing software, as far as the planning stages go, like anything that you think would be helpful to help groups pull that off, especially if they there's not a huge budget. We largely used Zoom. I will say that like for some of our networking events, we did have these fun PowerPoint presentations or Google Slides presentations. And so we were able to make like one of our okay. networking games was Cards Against Acapella. And we used <laughs> we used one of the <laughs> templates from Slides Carnival and they, it kind of looked like little cards. And so we would put the okay. prompts on okay. each one of those little slides and then each person would message the host of the breakout room and that would it would kind of work Mm -hmm. out like kind of almost like an in-person event where everyone would submit their own thing okay and then we would be able to just play a game like that so i would say yeah utilizing slides in that way was super helpful but yeah we pretty much did everything over zoom we really did not spend that much money on this awesome yeah it was awesome and having the ability to screen share on zoom is so crucial because what we would do if you were teaching an event you would share your screen and kind of go through your powerpoint that way so it just kind of helped things move along in an organized way and helped 
convey what you needed to convey. So I noticed that there is this kind of recurring idea of creativity when it comes to these events, especially with the cards against acapella. That's something I've never heard of in my life. That's awesome. Same. I'm down for that. What What are some of like the best things you all have seen creatively, like in the events that you all have been a part of, whether it's through Lens or through another, you know, virtual event? I know Alana and some other members of our team came up with our acaconic class. So what we decided to do was as a staff, we picked one YouTube video of what we thought was the most <laughs> acaconic acapella set. So we ended up picking the Nor'easters 2017 ICCA set. And at the end, yes, at the end of our event, we had one person screen share the YouTube video and then play the video so we could all watch it together. The live chat on <laughs> Zoom was blowing up like crazy and it was so fun to watch watch people kind of fangirl and talk about parts that they really liked in the set. And after we watched it, people broke out into breakout rooms and talked about what made the set Akaconic. So being able to pick out those things that makes the set at the high caliber that it is can help your own group for sure come up with a good set if you want to be an ICCA or make a really good set. So that was definitely something that I was proud to see our team create. And it was yeah. something that And then also outside too. of Cutoff, I know a lot of artists are also doing like some virtual concerts and those are really awesome to see like some big name artists and just on your screen and it kind of feels like like an intimate moment between you and like some celebrity who's just on your screen you know it's not like to everyone in the whole world it's just to like a group of people who are able to tune in and so that's been another plus side of pandemic is that like virtual concerts are a thing now yeah and that's i'm like just hearing that it makes me think of when we used to well not like this was 20 years ago this was just like you know a year ago <laughs> um when we used to go to like live concerts and stuff normally they have like those large screens there if you're like way in the back to see the audience it's it's kind of a similar aspect of that you know you're still watching someone it might not be that sound might not be as present there but you can still have that intimacy yeah. like you're saying right there with looking at someone through the screen so I, I hear what you're saying there. Okay, so I know that your top answer is probably going to be, obviously, you know, anything with cutoff and lens and things like that. But what are some, outside of that, what are some of your other favorite events that you've seen in the acapella community? I've personally never been to a boss event, but I love the idea of boss and having a theme for all of the groups to put a set to. One of my favorite pieces of acapella work is the Vassar Devils boss set. I've watched that video so many times. I think that the way that the songs are pieced together is amazing. The arrangements are amazing. I just love different events because it shows different ways that groups can communicate. That was ridiculous. I don't know if I have an answer for this question. <laughs> Not a problem. I'm like, hey, Lynn's, I get it. It's a great, great <laughs> event. You don't need much else outside of that. We witnessed... In 2020, there was such a strong cancellation of events and momentous occasions like graduations and concerts and like all sorts of big things that people wanted to be doing. Um, and we saw that all happen in the spring and continue throughout the year. And I mean, the likelihood is it's probably going to repeat itself to some extent at least towards the beginning of 2021 and maybe through the middle of the year. If, if this were to happen, what is something you both would like to see groups and organizations do? More virtual events, more videos? What's something that, that you would like to see happen there? Going back on what Alana was saying, I've been loving the whole idea of virtual concerts. One of my favorite musicians, his name is Dermot Kennedy, he put on this amazing live concert in the middle of a museum. Oh, wow. And it was really cool. It was live streamed and it was all kind of choreographed different sets. And that was something that was so special and it was something that I really looked forward to in the pandemic. That's definitely one of those things that I look back at and I would say is one of my favorite things that has happened throughout this year. So honestly, anything <laughs> to look forward to. <laughs> I'm I'm all for, but those I'm virtual sorry, concerts are amazing. I'm writing this down. Oh my gosh, okay. Dermot Kennedy. I, those boss videos, I just think that Okay, not all of them, but a lot of them come out just like so, so good because you're able to mix everyone's voices. And although it's like not the same because everyone's not in the same room, I think it's just so cool. And then the choreography where everyone like flips their head one way and pretends that they're looking at someone. I think it's so cute. But yeah, I, I really do love seeing the Fox videos. Yeah. It's also something tangible that you can look mm -hmm. back on too. 
And I think that's really yeah, special. I, I've re- just to kind of go with both of your thoughts here, I like the idea of that so many people are playing around with like location. At the end of the day, it's not like they're confined to, you know, this big auditorium or anything like that. Like you said, Elena, you know, someone can be in a museum and that can add a, a whole different level of, you know, artistry to whatever you're experiencing. And then with a, a line of the box videos, my goodness, man, they've been I popping know, up. I know, I see them just pop time. up and I just click on everywhere. All of them. It's disgusting how many hours I spend on YouTube now. <laughs> It makes me want to get, it makes me want to start developing like more skills as far as the Yeah, for sure. Side. I say yeah. more skills, but really basic <laughs> <facing> skills. <laughs> I can, I can line up sounds and stuff in audacity, but, and like line up a video with sound, but that's stuff. Hey, well, you know what? COVID's got to be good for something, right? Right, right. On that note, we are going to have to take a quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere because we're going to come back and continue speaking with Alana and Elena from Cutoff Studios right here on Tacapella. You may not know this, but Acaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Acaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but... There are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to Acaville.org. Check out the member benefits because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acaville community. And we're back on our final segment of the night on Tacapella with Elena Giordano and Alana Mahan um, from Cutoff Studios. And it's time for us to have a little bit of fun. And per tradition, we will start this segment with a round of rapid fire questions. So we have 10 questions and we'll ask both of you to answer both. We'll ask both of you to answer each of the questions. So Elena and Alana, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Brian, are you ready? I am always ready. I am also always ready. So here we go. Question number one. What is one food you cannot live without? Pasta. Pad thai. Oh, I, I nice. Well, and, and those were very like rapid fire answers. <laughs> like that's, I love it. All right. Question two. All right. We're going to take you back a little bit. Who was your first celebrity crush? Justin Bieber. (laughs) (laughs) You felt almost like ashamed to say that. I was such a believer. You do not know. You you don't want to know what my room looked like. It was scary. Oh my goodness. I'm imagining like posters. Yeah. I have to ask how old were you at the time? The eighth grade. It's so painful. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Mine was Dustin from Zoe 101. Oh. Now I have to Google that. Hold, please. Man, I remember. Alana, have you seen him on TikTok? No, they're really cringy. I'm sorry to break it to you. Oh no! Wait, I can't watch it. I don't think you know. Oh my gosh! Cute. Wait, now I have to ask this, Brian. Who was your first celebrity crush? My first celebrity crush? That is a good question. You know, as far back as I can always remember, it's like always been the same. It's always been Lucy Liu for some reason. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's Charlie's Angels, something. I don't know. She's pretty right. <laughs> I mean, and, and the only one that I can think of that was mine, like as far back as I can remember, was Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, and I think goodness. I was like in eighth grade. The eye makeup? Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's I think it, I think that's what it was. I was a fan of the guy liner. Wait a minute. Is that what it's called? Is that? Have you a, never heard that before yes, i've it's never heard guy that liner. word ever in my life That's now i don't know that many other people can pull that many other men can pull that off but no. i thought he did it very well wow okay i'm learning a lot here all right question number three what's the one song that gets you the most pumped oh every morning i play final countdown when i wake up yeah <laughs> i love that so yeah much. recently it's okay i will be honest in the covid times it's kind of taken a bit of a hiatus but every morning before i would go to school i'll be like Alexa, play Final Countdown. And oh, it's, she's gonna play it now. Okay, hold up. Alexa, stop. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I would have to say Wild Thoughts by Rihanna is my jam and a half. Okay. Also, a good one. Solid song choices. Love nice. it. Love it. All right. Question four. If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? I gotta say gymnastics. I was gonna say gymnastics. I just too. think it's so cool. Like that's the only Olympic sport that I actually enjoy watching. They just look so confident. And the routines like always have something fun in them and it's not like always serious. Like they actually smile. <laughs> that's probably my favorite part. <laughs> I used to do I, gymnastics I, and it is so hard. I was nowhere near yeah. that level. So I would agree. When I was five years old, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. Oh my God, cool. I was an Olympic <laughs> gymnast. And I was also a gymnast at the time. And I was really good. 
And then my parents cut my classes. No. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> and now I can't touch my toes. Relatable. I'm sorry about that, Alicia. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not bitter. Question number five. When you were a kid, what was your dream job? I wanted to be either a gymnast, an archaeologist, or a cartoonist. None of which I am. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Three very different things. Very cool things, too. I don't remember. Like, I really don't think I ever had a dream job I kind of just thought I was just gonna you know live my life being happy with with nothing actually supporting it that is actually Um, my dream job (laughs) I really did just want to be a kid for my whole life like I was kind of like yeah this is this is pretty this is the deal (laughs) and the lost boys yeah forget that that. wish I didn't have to go to work anymore that'd be great (laughs) question six what's your favorite non-acapella activity is it corny to say singing? I feel like that's corny, but it do be the answer. <laughs> no, no, it's nothing corny about that. I mean, it, it can be acapella, but it doesn't have to be. So it, it does doesn't apply. Have to be. Yeah. During the quarantine, I have gotten pretty good in the kitchen. So I, I do enjoy the cooking. I think I have made 15 batches of chocolate chip cookies to date. Okay, you have to understand that they're all vegan. Wow. So that's why that's why it took 15 batches. I'm still not there yet though. I'm still not there. But um aside aside from the chocolate chip cookies, everything else is is pretty good. So I take it you were vegan then. That would be correct. I will send you a recipe. Please do. I'm not (laughs) vegan. But I okay. baked vegan chocolate chip cookies. I'm so excited to receive this. Oh my god! I, yes. It really wasn't like it, it. It was just I took a standard like chocolate chip cookie recipe that I use, and I just switched out some of the ingredients to make it vegan friendly. I would love to see that. Yeah, I will. I will message it to you on Facebook. Awesome. All right. Question number seven: Cats or dogs? Cats. Dogs. Oh. All right. Wait, yeah. I'm pretty sure like every time we have interviewed people from Cutoff Studios, it's always been a split. Really? I used to have a cat and I ordered a phone screen on printyourpet.com. And so this is my phone screen. It has my, <laughs> my late cat on it. <laughs> Yes. Oh, wow. That is quite the cover. I have three cats and they're all upstairs. <laughs> they're so cute. I love them. I feel like our trend of like getting cat answers like has it started with like the cutoff. It's, it it just started like... with Kyle. Okay. Oh, Kyle. Yeah. He was the what? very first Kyle's a cat show. person? He was the very first person on the show that said cats. No way. We had like yeah. over a hundred. Well, we, we yeah. haven't been doing this forever. We've had a lot had of like people. Like 20 episodes at least. We've been asking yeah. those questions. So. Yeah. Wow. This is interesting. All right. Question eight. If you could instantly become an expert in something, what would it be? I would choose songwriting. Oh, I like that. That's a good answer. This is a tough one. Like I, I majored in music, but just finding chords that sound good together that haven't already been played agree i like it it's like i think i found something and then maybe the next week i'll hear a song i'll be like oh i wasn't original (laughs) at all like you want to find a way to innovate yeah but it's just innovating today is just it seems like it's hard it's already been done Question number nine. What is your favorite acapella memory? I would probably say in 2017, my group competed in the ICCA. It was my group's first time in history competing. I was an A minor at UConn and we won our quarterfinal competition and I was our choreographer and we won best choreo. We won best like soloist and arrangement and stuff. And it was just like so fulfilling to have our group be recognized and it was like sweeping the oscars right <laughs> just for yeah, the quarterfinal awesome. just the quarterfinal <laughs> hey, don't don't downplay Not it that's just huge. the quarterfinals that's a bit that's a big deal i would say mine in like march of this no it was february of this year i think i'm pretty sure it's february my group went to providence to an invitational and it just it went so well and all the groups that were there were super fun and we had like a little party after and just I hadn't been to an invitational before. And so just like getting to see all the other groups that were there and like meeting all of them. Like we had like a little jam session in the party and it was just a lot of fun. So I think that would be, that might be my favorite memory. I'm with you on those events. I'm like, that's one of my favorite things is when we used to go sing with other groups. All right, final question. If you could have an endless supply of one thing, what would it be? Barbecue chicken pizza. Wow. <laughs> That's very specific. That's so specific. Yeah, I, I, mean, it I is, love that. That's it awesome. is really good. Right? So I, I'm not even mad about that. That is a great like, piece <laughs> of flavor. Okay, this is not going to be a stereotypical answer, but Cheerios, because... 
So when I was in college, I used to take a box of Cheerios with me wherever I would go just because I, so I had taken a bunch of credits. And so I really did not have a lot of time to go to the dining hall. So anytime I was hungry, I would just reach in my bag and pull out a fistful of Cheerios and just like okay, shove the them in my mouth. regular ones or like honey nut or what? No, does okay. it? Okay, I thought we were all on the same page. I didn't want to be judgmental, clearly. but I'm just like, no. are we talking about regular oh Cheerios? Is that what's going on? No, no, no. The I honey nut, like, let's be clear. All the times I have seen like a parent with a, like a mother with a baby and she like pulls out a bag of Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, that was me all throughout college and I still keep a stack in my work bag. Wait, Alana, oh why are we the same? That was like my go-to snack in college, Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm like not even kidding. At any point, you could just pull me over and be like, can I have some Cheerios? And I would <laughs> hand them to you like a little bit sus. But... Oh, man, oh, I just got like a visual picture of that. Just over like... in the corner, maybe for the Cheerios. Cheerios? <laughs> the Honey Nut kind. <laughs> Honey nut. The good stuff, not the crap. Yeah. High high quality stuff. I love it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much. That was a great round of rapid fire. Well, and I feel like they should win an award for like truly being rapid fire. That was like, that was like the most accurate depiction of rapid fire that we have had. It was actually rapid. Wow. We have people who are like, well, let me think about that. And I'm like, no, it's rapid fire. (laughs) High five, Alana. I I, I got in on that too. Yay. Thank you all so much once again so we are going to transition to our very final segment of the show which we always like to leave our listeners with something that they can walk away with from the show and we always like to pose a question to our guests in the sense that we like to ask them to offer some advice to our listeners so alana and elena if you could offer our listeners any advice what would you say this is kind of broad but I would say nothing ventured, nothing gained. Back when I was in college, it was my senior year of college when I realized that I wanted to work in entertainment and music. So I didn't have too much experience, but you just got to put yourself out there and trust the universe sometimes and opportunities will come your way. Not being afraid to reach out to people is something that I've definitely gotten better at and Matt sliding into my DMs definitely helped me confirm that. So there's, I would say... Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And there's no timeline for like when you need to have XYZ done in your life by. It's never too late. And my advice is specifically for Matthew Sager. And it would be to continue to slide into those DMs. Our cutoff family is never big enough. And reaching out to those people just really strengthens our community. Hi, Matt. (laughs) I was trying to keep it together. I am so grateful for that. Thank you both for that. That was awesome. On that note, if our listeners wanted to learn more about the both of you, learn more about Cutoff Studios, where could they go? You can check out the Cutoff website, which is cutoffstudios.com. Or you could check out the Instagram at cut underscore off underscore studios. Alana and I also have personal Instagrams you can check out. Mine is life as Lainey. And mine is at A-L-A-N-N-A-A-A-M. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wait. This show is off the rails today. Wait, just, just end yeah. it. Okay. I was like, wait, you said, mm, mm. is there more to it? <laughs> no, you can edit that out if you want. <laughs> Good luck with that one, people. You, you heard it. Alana and I are in quarantine delirium. It's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like, I'm loving the energy today. It's different, but well, thank you. Yeah, be sure to go check out all of those channels, including their Instagram pages, if you can remember them, of course. Alicia, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, where could they go? You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at e.squared1989. How about you, Brian? As always, you can find me on Twitter at thebrianalex, Brian with an I. Please be sure to give Talkapella a follow. We are on Twitter as well. We have a Twitter account at Talkapella, two Ps, two Ls. And be sure to go check out our website at talkapella.org to hear the latest episodes. And as always, give Acaville Radio a follow. They are the wonderful platform through which we stream this great show through and able to speak with such amazing guests such as Alana and Elena. And we also like to thank Alana and Elena for joining us today on this episode of Tacapella and just sharing their wisdom, uh, their humor, and so many other wonderful <laughs> Aw, things. thanks for having us. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank you so much. And on that note, for everything else, stay tuned.